I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the Fallout Bar for the PDC World Championship day number two. Myself, Jack Garwood, joined by Charlie Hopper. How are we doing, buddy? Yeah, really good, mate. Um, seems as if today we had... Um, two contrasting sessions of of darts, but you know that's what makes the world championship so amazing, doesn't it? To have darts on your screen all day, every day, which is just amazing. It does. I mean, we say all day, every day. They're moving it about a little bit tomorrow for the World Cup. I, I don't know the exact time, but basically, there's a bigger gap. We started earlier, and we're starting later. You can watch the World Cup final if that's what floats your boat. But yes, the worlds have started. We're we're just on a roll now. It's just darts, 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 and we love it. We do, um, especially the the double sessions that I touched on there, because you, you you know you quite literally can't get away from the darts and whatever you're doing in, in your day, you can you can incorporate it in. Um, but yeah, again, a, a good day um, of darting action, and you know we're now into the thick of it that um, you know we're starting to see some some really good performances. We are indeed uh, tonight. Well. Might be a little bit more rushed than it was last night because yesterday we only had to review four games and an eight to look forward to. Tonight it's eight and then eight again. So we're going to get going. We're going to get straight into it. Big good evening to everybody in the chat room. We will try and interact with you as much as possible as per usual. Uh, but apologies if we don't flash anywhere near as much up on screen as we usually do tonight. These shows are just going to be a little bit crazy. However, I do have to agree with this. The new intro music is fantastic. Mm. All marks to whoever um, whoever found that one, which might have been me. Thanks. Yeah, cool. Sound sweet. Right, let's get on with the day's action. And as I said, eight matches for us to look back at, starting all the way oh, nearly 12 hours ago, Charlie. Um, Alan Suter against Mal Cumming. Um, not the brilliant, flashy performance that Alan Suter is capable of, but it was enough to get the job done against Mal Cumming. 
Yeah, which I guess is what you need to do, don't you? Early doors in the World Championships. You've just kind of got to play what's in front of you. Um, and that's exactly what Alan Suter did. He was never really pushed um, to 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 the to the heights that we used to. And and to be fair to him, he he didn't get involved in a in a dogfight, which is you know what Malcolm will have wanted from from this game. He didn't. He kept himself at arm's length. And yeah, you know he was he was he was okay. He did well, and he's he's got through to the next round, which I guess is is the main thing for him. Um, but it wasn't a, it wasn't a classic um, match as as everyone was maybe potentially expecting. No, I mean, look, when you look at the stats on paper, it was four 180s for Suits, two ton plus checkouts, including a one, two, four. And he hit 36% of darts as doubles. If, if you chuck them into a world championship first round, you're like pretty happy with that. But it's the absence of power scoring elsewhere, really. Just 11 tons and, and six ton 40s for Suits in those, what do you play in the end, 11 legs. Um, we, we know he's capable of a lot more. We know he's playing a lot better. Perhaps the pace at uh, of the match didn't really suit him a little bit. And the fact that there wasn't really a lot coming back at him from Malcolm and who, who really seemed to struggle to settle up on that stage. Yeah, I think that was probably the the main the main point. I mean, we will touch on it in I presume on in in numerous games tonight about how um some of the players who who've come away with with whitewash wins just didn't have anything against them and it just seemed like that with from Malcolm and he just could not settle on the stage and and it probably is big stage nerves. Um Suits has been there, Suits has done that. He knows what it's like up there. Um and he performed well enough. He didn't need to get out of out of first second gear to to beat him. Um, but again, you've just got to play what's in front of you, haven't you? And, and he got the job done, which is the main thing. He did indeed. A few jokes on social media about the rest of his firefighter team working back home, <laughs> shoveling snow, and he's up on stage at the World Championships, which I thought was brilliant. Uh, but it was job well done for Alan Suter in round number one earlier this afternoon. Uh, and this is what he had to say in his post-match press conference. Yeah, and, and I think I had a plan. I've had a plan all week. I've probably had a plan for the last couple of months to try and get the crowd on my side and it, it absolutely worked. What, what happened out there worked for me because the Scotland get battered thing was suppressed. It was coming from the back of the hall where they're not listening and they're not watching the darts. So I kind of managed to keep that calm and first throw was a 180 and it just got people on my side. So I'm really happy that people are supporting me. There was, there was a lot of support at the front there from English people, not, not Scottish fans. So it was great. You could maybe get inside the, the elite of world darts and I'm still a part-time dart player. Come on, I'll tell you this every single time. If I practice as much as these guys, I'm better than most of these guys. So if if you can win a pro tour, if you can go deep in tournaments, I, I fancy a run here. I, I fancy taking dart also. I'll try my best. Interesting words from Suits. Look, you might have a point there, Charlie. Look, it's one of the things that they love to talk about on TV, which means it feels like we're just jumping on the back of it here but it is one of the things that tv says to fascinate on is the fact that he is a firefighter he does still work full time and he trains guide dogs in his spare time can you imagine how much practice time he's leaving elsewhere by doing those roles and he is still more than capable as a dark player right now yeah and there's 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 more players like him you know you look at keegan brown who's in the nhs you know these are uh, really physically demanding jobs in which they take a lot of your time up so for him to to still be able to perform at the level he is whilst you know, essentially putting his life on the line, uh, doing what he does is, you know, it's 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 exceptional really to see. And, you know, it's quite frightening to see what he could do if potentially he had that opportunity to train much more than uh, than, than he is doing. 
indeed. Right, let's move on then to match number two of the afternoon and another pretty one-sided effect, as was all of the afternoon session, to be honest. Uh, Boris Kirchmar getting the job done against Toro Tuzuki, but both players under the 80 mark in the averages again. Look, we know they are just a guide and we know some of these games have been tied to the Naceum, etc. But it does feel a little bit like, especially up until this moment, there's been glimpses throughout the rest of the evening today and whatever, but this World Championship's missing a little bit of a spark. And this is another one of those games that didn't really have it today, did it? It, it didn't. I mean, to be honest, in the third set, I was really... Um cheering on Suzuki because I wanted him to get a set on the board um, because to be fair to him, he, you know, I know the averages aren't great, but he, he did, he did out average Boris in himself. And and look, I think the, the Croatian got himself really frustrated in that last set in particular, when Suzuki came back at him and started to, to throw um, a couple of one eighties in there and he was getting frustrated in himself. Um, but, you know, it wasn't a great game. It wasn't an easy watch at times. Um, but, you know, we, we saw that within the afternoon session that there was a couple of games which went one way um, and, and you know, they, that's just how they, they went, I guess. But Suzuki, I was, it was a shame he didn't get a, get over the line in, in one set. Um, but, yeah, Boris just, just getting over the line and, and getting the job done. Yeah, he had me a bit frustrated as well because I'd backed him to win the match and hit the most 180s and didn't hit a single <laughs> bloody one. So thanks a lot, Boris. Uh, but the rest of the performance was solid. The one one two pretty early on in, in the first set set the tone a little bit for Boris uh, and, and for Tori, really, that Boris had what he needed at that moment. Uh, finishing stats weren't bad. Nine from 25, 36 for Suzuki, just three from 13 on the outer ring. Um, but it wasn't the most watchable game we're ever going to see in our lives. But it is job done for Boris, and, and obviously that is the point in, in round one, pretty much. Yeah, exactly that. And again, it, it you know, he, he wouldn't have really, you know, Suzuki's come up onto that stage as, as a bit of an unknown. Um, and essentially to get 2-0 up very early on in the game was was massive for him. Um, it was then just about closing the game out as as, e as e easy as he could. And he got into a bit of a dogfight in that third set and Suzuki sort of showed what, what quality he has. Um, but again, as you say, yeah, just getting the job done in, in round one and, and getting yourself in the in the next round. It was indeed. No clip from Boris Kirchmar. I don't believe we did an interview with him because his English isn't the best. Um, but if it is up on our YouTube channel, I apologize for that. We just don't have it fired into the system. So if it is there, blame Phil Bars for not giving me the clip. Um, however, we are going to move on to match number three. Just say hello to a couple of people in the chat room. Big Johnny's in. Uh, Colin's in as well. He says, good evening. Evening to everyone else that has joined us since as well. We're not ignoring you tonight. We just, we're just going to be very busy for the foreseeable. These double sessions of four matches in each. And then eight to look forward to tomorrow with all the stories that we've got as well, especially from the evening session. Just mean we're going to have to go through a little bit of a quicker pace, but we'll get on to you guys as and when we get the right moments in the show. Um, I said this tournament was missing a little bit of quality. For the first two sets in particular, I think we got it from Adrian Lewis. Third set, he, he sort of teared off a little bit, but there wasn't an awful lot coming back at him again from his opponent, from Daniel Larson. But job well done and, and solid performance from Adrian Lewis in the end. Yeah, one hundred percent. I mean, especially in the in the first two sets, as you mentioned. I mean, quite incredibly, if you look at the averages in the in the second set, Adrian Lewis over a ton and Daniel Larson just short of a ton. I mean, they're decent, high quality averages. Um, and you know, Larson being let down by by the outer ring, which is a shame for him. But as we've seen in in games again, we saw as I touched on with with Boris Kirchmar as well, getting two 0 up and then just. You know, easing off a little bit and 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 getting over the line. Um, that last set was was 
probably a bit of a harder watch because nothing came back at Adrian Lewis, but you know, he continued the trend of the of the whitewash and yeah, a pretty decent performance from him. Yeah, look, we've seen Daniel Larson perform in the past, but he doesn't seem to really have that extra gear to kick on and, and take advantage of opponents that perhaps some of the other qualifiers might have that, that extra level for Lewis. I don't know where to, to put Adrian Lewis at the minute. We're still waiting for that big performance to kick on. We've seen glimpses of it earlier in this year. We've said that before. Do you think he can have a run here at this tournament, bearing in mind that he's got Damon Hetter in the next round? I mean, I'm not his biggest fan, so I'm going to naturally say no, I don't think he can. But but sitting on the I'm bench, sure <laughs> there is potential. There is potential because he's got the game. We've seen him do it in the past. So yeah. he's got he's got the know-how um the potential and you know look I, I i thought maybe potentially he he can go far and and go deep in the tournament and you know i'd quite like to see it just because of of the name and, and who he is but that's going to be a really tough game against damon hetter um but we know if adrian lewis performs well and the scoring is there and the flow's there with his throw there's there's no reason why he can't correct uh, let's then hear from the former two-time world champion Adrian Jack Potler to see what he had to say in his post-match press conference. That's what I've done tonight, yeah. If you can notice that, that that's what I've done, yeah. That balls to bloody going up there and, and try and pace things out, make sure everything... No, balls to that. I just get up there and throw the bloody things. And that's what I've done, yeah. With it. freedom, playing with a smile. Yeah. Is this like the new Adrian? This I think so. I think this is how I've got to be, because otherwise I'll retire next year. And I don't want to. I want to enjoy it. I won't go up there and just throw. Retirement, surely not at your age. There's still more. Yeah, but this is my 18th World cha- Championships, you know what I mean? I'm just, it doesn't matter about age. It's about bloody how long I've been here, long longevity of it. I'm bloody boggling. Is it one of those sports that does fry your mind at times? Oh, all the time. 24 7. Constantly. All the time. How can I improve? How can I do this? How can I do that? All the time. Never thought about that, but I reckon if I don't, if I don't win it this year, or go have a good run this year, I reckon two years. What is going on this season? Why is half the world threatening to retire? Yeah. <laughs> heard it from James Ware. We've heard it from Adrian Lewis. Peter Wright might have suggested things similar as well. We know full well that Gerwin Price and, and Michael Van Gerwen don't have aspirations of being professional dark players to their 50s like we've seen from Phil Taylor. Why is everybody threatening to retire right now? It's a good job. There is a decent next generation coming through, but a superb victory for Adrian Lewis, and we'll see what he can muster in the next round against Damon Hetter. Uh, We closed out the afternoon session with yet another 3-0 victory uh, after his solid performance yesterday. uh, Grant Sampson uh, not able to recreate that form at all, really, against Kim Hybrex, who once again just did what he had to do. This afternoon session was a little bit difficult to watch, and I don't think... I almost think it was because the games were so one-sided. There wasn't a lot that the bigger name, the Pro Tour players, etc., in most of these situations had to do, and it just meant that a lot of them took their eye off the ball a little bit in terms of performance. Kim Hybrex, 83 average, 154 checkout. Again, he just did enough of what he needed to do. He, he did. He dropped one leg. Um, and I think the I think if I remember rightly, the one dart that Grant Sampson had at the at the at the outer ring um went 
So he had two darts at, at the outer ring and one went and one didn't. So again, it's just it's just such a I think it's a disappointing end to 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 the session because th- nothing came back at him. He didn't need to push himself at all. Um and you know we'll We've seen that on so many occasions that he won't have really felt like he was getting out of out of first gear. A bit of a shame, really. Um, but he ha- he just he just did what he had to do. Pretty clinical on the outer ring, thirty six percent, and a decent high checkout. He'll, I think he'll be happy with that because he's got his his name in the in in for the next round. He has indeed. Like we said, it's just about doing enough. I was pretty impressed with Grant Sampson's action yesterday and his timing was, was pretty good as well, but he just didn't seem to be able to recreate that at all today. Perhaps the element of surprise was lost as well after seeing his performance from yesterday. Uh, we know Kim Hybrex has got a lot more in the tank as well, but didn't really need to see that today. Yeah, he didn't even need to be anywhere near his best um, to <laughs> over the line, which, you know, is a shame for, for Grant Sampson because we saw him with such a, a good performance yesterday. But, you know, he didn't need to be be at his best. But, you know, he, he put in his best average in the third set when he just completely whitewashed him. Um, again, Grant Sampson didn't really have an answer for it. But, yeah, it was on, he wasn't on the stage very long. Um, he could have probably done without having any breaks in that one, really, because we'd have been straight through it without uh, without any, any, um, any longevity to it. But, yeah, Kim Hybrich has got the job done. He's into the next round. Yeah, talking of no breaks, we've nearly thrown through this afternoon session pretty quickly. So here is Kim Hybrex in his post-match press conference. Um, I think it's it's one of the worst, not performances, but um, I think all respect to Grant Sampson, but um, nice guy, really, honestly, nice guy. Well done in the last game, but I think this was my easiest game in 11 or 12 years I've been on the World Championships, and, and that's not mean to him, but you don't get that... That vibe, that hunger to win that game, and you, you soon in the game you feel that it's gonna go the way you want. Short and sweet, like the match. <laughs> Bang from Kim Ibrex, and we'll see him in round two. Um, let's move on then to the afternoon's uh, evening session. Sorry, where things picked up a little bit, a couple of the matches a little less one-sided. Starting with a little bit of a surprise for me. And, and here's why. Lawrence Alagun has been not the hipster pick, but for the last few years, people have been more than aware of how good his action is, how entertaining he can be up on stage, and that he's got something about him, especially when the Asian tour was in full flow himself. Noel Malik Dan both recorded nine darters. They were winning tournaments. They were putting up 90-plus averages consistently throughout that. They haven't really had that opportunity for the last couple of years, and Performance-wise, when he's made it to the World Championship, Alagans failed to impress, really. He's been a little bit flat. Um, hasn't really backed it up in a World Championship, of in a World Cup of late, sorry, shall I say. And at this point, you expected Roby John to, to perhaps make the most of that and, and keep that going with Lawrence and perhaps he flattered to see him a little bit. But tonight, despite having a lower average, really impressive Lagan. He settled pretty comfortably on that first day, on that first set, took out some key doubles last start in hand, which is crucial at that point, and gets the job done against a Roby John, who, despite all the antics, his performance-wise has been on the up this year. Yeah, this was probably one of the results I was I was 
very surprised about. Um, but look, fair play to him. You know, fair play to him. He keeps coming back. He keeps performing well. He's an entertainer. People enjoy watching him. Um, and two nil up is is you know what a position to be in. Fair play to to Roby John as well for fighting back because you know you're two nil down. You you really have to give it everything. But then to win back to back sets and then have the momentum going into the last set. And for Lawrence to then halt that momentum and then steal on a last leg decider is, you know, is, is pretty special. And look, what a performance by him. His, his stats on the outer ring are really impressive. You know, 58% is is pretty clinical from him. And yeah, Roby John will be pretty shocked as, as I was when, uh, when I was watching the game. Yeah, especially when a character such as Roby John gets on that little bit of a comeback as well. Look, we can sit here and debate whether or not we agree that once you put two in rallying up the crowd to potentially hit a 180 is the right or, or wrong thing to do. But once you do start doing that and you've got the crowd on your side and you're on a bit of a comeback and on a bit of a roll, it can be incredibly hard to stop that. And knowing that this was Elagan's first win in seven attempts at the World Championship, he made the World Masters semi before, but knowing that this is his first in this environment, that was pretty impressive, like you said, in that final set to get over the line. Yeah, because you know he's not someone who, um, who's you know quite reserved and keeps it in, and and you know will just keep things ticking. Roby John will, will have had the momentum, and and I presume Milagan will have thought this this game may go away from me here, and he may reel off three straight and just stop that, take it to a last leg decider, and then hold your nerve to get over the line after what you said, what seven attempts is you know it's. it's Testament to him um, and fair play to, to himself for getting over the line against such a character like Roby John. Yeah, fair play indeed. As I said, no interview with Lawrence Alagan. He's another whose English isn't the best. So we are just going to move on a little bit um, and we will talk about the next game of the night, which again returned to the 3-0 scoreline, but perhaps a little bit unexpected in this one. And this is where all the attention pretty much went to this on the night in the first round overall, um, it was Bo Greaves' debut on the PDC World Championship stage uh, against the Irishman, Willie O'Connor, who was professional in his performance. The best average I think we've seen in the tournament so far. Uh, solid on the outer ring. Steely didn't get involved in, in any of the, the circus, as he calls it, um, and got the job done in straight sets. Yeah, a really, really good performance by Willie O'Connor. You don't really know what you're going to get from him. Sometimes he can be a little bit off, but tonight when he needed it most, he really was on it. Um, and, you know, even when Bo took out the one two two or the one twenty, he still stood back, had a smile. You know, he was embracing what was going on, didn't get embroiled in it all, got the job done. Um, I had this down as probably my game of the first round and it disappointed a little bit. Um, but yeah, a good performance from Willie O'Connor to to get the job done in in pretty easy fashion, really. Yeah, it still had enough moments to be in that contention yeah. right now. Whether or not it lasts as the game of the first round is is yet to be seen because there's still plenty of first round games to come. There was the moments the one two two, like you said, the one twenty in the very very first leg. It looked like Bo had settled up on that stage pretty pretty quickly. I do disagree with some of the the commentary that was going on at the time, saying how comfortable she looked up on stage. Like, I'm not so sure about that. I think the way that she just gets on was just getting on with the game and, and throwing the darts perhaps deceived those watching a little bit. I thought there was a couple of moments where she had to regrip a dart, which we know she's had issues with in the past. The talking to she gave herself, I think it was before the deciding leg, 
in the second set, there was... I don't want to over-criticise an 18-year-old, but the commentary that she was completely unfazed by being up on that stage, I just don't think it's true. And in the end, I think it did affect her a little bit. And look, rightly so, an 18-year-old in front of 3,500 people on stage in front of millions of people in your first appearance, of everybody tipping you up to go and produce what would be a little bit of a shock, but actually everybody at the same time going, you could do this. It's constantly been built up to do it. All of the media attention before this match was on her. Willie refused to, to get involved in any of that, which means it's all coming from her side. All the conversation, all the fixation was on Bo. And I think that may have got to her just a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, I think that was that was notoriously going to be there, isn't it? Because for women's darts, Bo Greaves is the now the front runner in, in terms of leading the the limelight of that and, and shining um, the light on it. But, you know, look, I think she's... You know, I think she she will have had pressure on her. I think Willie O'Connor said in 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 parts of, of an interview about how he only had one interview prior to the game. You know, that just shows that 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 it wasn't on him or anything. It was on her. She was she was what everyone was watching for. Um, and yeah, there was a little bit. I think there was a bit when she may have taken out the one two two, and and I think Willie. I don't know if he put his thumbs up or fist bumped or whatever he did, and she sort of turned and was like. Wow. So I think I think things took her by a bit of surprise. But look, I think we'll see a lot more of her. And and I'd like to see a lot more of her. It was just the draw kind of didn't do her any favours coming up against Willie O'Connor. Um and he just he just put in a very professional performance. Yeah, look, I think it'd be fair to say that there was an awful lot of people that did just write Willie O'Connor off. They've seen the headlines from Bo, the fifty something straight wins that she's had on the women's series. The fact that she's only lost something like seven matches all year on the WDF circuit and, and everything that goes with it. And it's just kept the ball rolling and rolling and rolling as, as the women's world champion won the World Masters um, last weekend and, and everything else that comes with it as well. And he just refused to get caught up in, in any of that hype, any of that whatever. It was just another dark player to him. Get up there, do what I need to do. And, and treat her as if it was another player on the Pro Tour. And at that point, I think by doing that, Willie doesn't get caught up in, in Bo's MO. And by that, I mean, on the Women's Series, and whenever we've seen Bo an awful lot in the last year, she does have a lot of troublous visits. It's not completely uncommon, but when she then produces that 140 or that 180 that she's got in her locker, that big visit, that big score, that big checkout, I think it's harder for the players that she's playing week in, week out to react to that and to respond to that because it is less common in the women's game still at the minute. But that doesn't affect Willie O'Connor, who has been to a major semi-final, who has been to the World Cup final with Steve Lennon, who has been a tour professional for God knows how many years now at the very, very top of the game, playing the best players week in, week out, that do that to you week in, week out. And, and, and that... The sheer number of troublous visits just caught up with Bo tonight. And I think a little bit of that was playing safe, making sure that first out was above the treble 20, make sure you could just keep going and going and going and not overthink it too much. And I think that's done her in a little bit, as well as the fact that, like you said, incredibly tough drawing with O'Connor. There are a lot of players in that Pro Tour draw that would not have approached this game the same way that Willie did. Yeah, yeah, I think the trebleless visits is is an area that's kind of cost her, and and when you're playing against someone like Willie O'Connor, as you mentioned, you can't afford too many trebleless visits, or else you're going to get behind in the game, and that's just what happened. And Willie O'Connor just set the bar pretty high, 
and he kept going with it. And he didn't, as you, as you mentioned, he didn't get embroiled in it, anything. He just got on with the job. He was on the stage. He got off the stage. A 3-0 win. Pretty happy with that, I think he'll be. Um, it was a, it was a decent performance from him. But yeah, the Treblous visits just, just kind of, um, you know, affected Bo a little bit more. Yeah, I mean, I know we haven't focused on those that have, have been beaten too much tonight, but let, let's do a little bit more conversation on Bo because there is a lot of hype around her, and understandably so. She is, to, to come into the women's series and do what she did in, in just eight events was superb. To go and win the WF World Championship, the World Masters, in, in the fashion that she has in the last few months is is excellent. I, I think there are decisions to be made for Bo right now as well, and in terms of what she does next year, um, the WF is a little bit, all over the place, to be frank, despite how good the World Masters was just a week or so ago. There's still improvements to be made in that regard. Nobody really knows where the World Championships is. If she gives it a full crack on the Women's Series, she's only 18. Let's not forget that. Could go and play on the Dev Tour as well. I'm not sure, after seeing tonight, despite the fact that it was competitive, that she's ready for Q School and the potential Pro Tour and, and everything else that comes with that. But obviously that's her decision to make in the next few weeks. Yeah, but and I think I think the the best thing for Bo is that her age is very much on her side. So I know the next decisions. Are- Hold up! What was that? Boring, no flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today going to be some of the biggest decisions that she's got to make in her life um it's just whether she's ready for q school whether she feels her game is ready to to take that on yeah potentially it may, it may be but i think she's got some big decisions to make because you know let's let's you know let's be honest we've, we've people have been speaking about both for ages she's been a hot topic for ages and ages we've finally sort of seen her and 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 hitting the level um, that, that that we we know she can. It's just she needs the right people around her now to make the best decision possible. That's going to help her game in the future. Yeah, one hundred percent. Right, and let's hear from your winner in that match, Willie O'Connor, uh, at this post-match press conference. Yeah, I didn't do any any media up to this. I did maybe one. Uh, I wasn't going to fall into the circus of what it was. Um, just dealt with the task that was at hand, and. Um, yeah, look, just look me up. I'm just lucky to get the win in the end. Oh, I didn't want that. <laughs> don't, don't get me wrong. I didn't want that draw. I don't think anybody wanted that draw. You know, especially after, after the, you know, she, she's won everything. You know, she's world champion, world masters champion, 30-something games in a row. Nobody wants that smoke. You know, <laughs> definitely not me. But at the same time, yeah, you, you have to look, look at it for what it is. It's a game of darts. And at the same, you know, 
I play the best players in the world every week. There's nothing she can do that I haven't seen already. No disrespect. You know, she's a world champion. But at the same time, I, I play world champions every single week. And, you know, I've beaten some of them, probably most of them, probably all of them. I don't know. But, I, 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 you know, I fancy myself against them. I can beat them. I can deal with them on my day. So there was, I, I, I had that mindset going in that she's a world champion. I have to perform. If I don't perform, I'm going home. And it's as simple as that. Well put from Willie O'Connor as he does take out Bo Greaves 3-0 to progress to round number two, where he will take on the German giant, Gabriel Clemens. That should be a really impressive, uh, interesting second round matchup. On to the penultimate match of the evening then, Charlie. And this one had just that little bit more riding on it. Uh, Keegan Brown against Florian Hempel. Keegan in as a Pro Tour qualifier despite being on the cusp of losing his tour card, whilst Hempel, the higher-ranked man, won the Super League and therefore was playing as an international qualifier. We've seen it a bit like uh, Jeff Smith a couple of years ago. Uh, a tough, tough draw and a tough matchup and a tough breaks in the end for Keegan Brown, who becomes the first player ever to win a PDC-ranked event and lose their tour card in the same year. He won a Pro Tour earlier this year and has now fallen outside of the top 64 and will not retain his talk. I will have to go back to Q school after a 3-2 loss to Florian Hempel went all the way to the last leg and it just didn't happen for Keegan at that point. Yeah, gutted for him really. Um, you know, disappointing for for, for Keegan Brown. You, you know, you don't want to see that at all. But this is a game when you look at world, six, world number 64 versus 60, this is the game you expect. You know, a real tough battle. I mean, Florian Hempel is so hard to watch. His action is, as Dan said in the group, it's so snatchy and it is hard to watch. But, you know, what a performance by both players. It could have gone either way. I wouldn't have been able to call it in that last set because both players were playing well. Keegan Brown seemed to have a bit about him in the um, in the way that he played and, you know, to fight back and to, to get into a good rhythm. He had the crowd behind him. Um, but I thought Florian Hempel just was riding that wave well enough um, and yeah, used his experience to to get over the line. He did. It was a bit back and forth in this one. I suppose that's a little bit of cliche in, in a set match as well. But thought Keegan did really well to take the second set. That one going to a side. A big, big response then because at two 0 down, he is under all sorts of pressure. Florin probably the better player up until that point as well. So to get back to one apiece at that point was huge for Keegan at that point. Share the next two sets. Go two one up as well. A uh, little bit tough for him. Um, but as we said, then then be the breaks that that deciding set that deciding leg, just brilliant from Hempel. Didn't quite go for Keegan. Yeah, it just seemed like he lost it, didn't he, in that last leg? Um, and Florian Hempel just just took control, and and that's what you want in a last leg when you when you're up against it. You've you've really got to hope. And for Keegan Brown as well, who's on the brink of who was on the brink at the time of losing his tour card. All he would have been hoping for was 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 a good visit, a strong visit, and for Hempel to to fall away, and it just didn't happen for him. Um, but I could not have pred predicted which way that game was going because both players had really strong spells in the game. Um, but I think you know Florian Hempel just about did enough to get over the line. 
he did. And obviously that result does see him into round two, but does cost Keegan Brown his tour card. He'll have to go back to Q school if he wishes to continue as a pro tour, as a PDC professional dark player. And obviously he drops out of the race to the world match players, which he was nicely placed in because of that win, but because of his performances for the other 18 months or so of the year of the, of his, of the cycle, should I say, just not accumulated enough money in that time to stay as a pro tour player. Uh, let's then hear from Florian Hempel after his win in this one. Yeah, last year I beat, uh, well, I bet, uh, the number five in the world. <laughs> and this year, Luca Fries was number five too. Um, yeah, um, I will prepare um, so good as I can. And um, let's see what will be happening on Thursday. Jordan Sweet as he relishes the chance to take on... Who's he got, folks? Anyone? Bueller. Uh, Luke Humphreys. It is Luke Humphreys next up for him. Yikes, that's a, a tough game. Away. Doesn't play until Thursday, the 22nd. Uh, so just under a week for him. Uh, had Brown kept his card, he'd been in good nick, had won over 40k. Yeah. It'd have been nice to place for the world match play uh, and all sorts that comes with it as well, but not so good in the end for that one. Um, right, final game of the evening and possibly, despite the performance yesterday from Nathan Rafferty, which was pretty impressive, I thought, in seeing off Jermaine Watamena. Straight sets, straight legs. Lost for Nathan Rafferty, finishing naught from 10 on the outer ring against Michael Smith. He just cannot afford to give Bully Boy that much time and, and effort on the dartboard, can you? No, I mean, uh, I think if, if you were to ask one word for, for the performance of that game, it would probably just be wow. Um, he just completely blew him away. And look, he had chances, did Nathan Rafferty. It just when he needed it. When he needed that dart to go into the bed, it just didn't. It just did not come. And I think, I think he knew that early doors that, that his performance just was nowhere near. And look, Michael Smith, I know they were talking about on Sky saying that he kind of went into, um, you know, he, he just sort of took his, he went into autopilot, didn't he, on the doubles? Um, but Nathan Rafferty was never close to even trouble him. So yeah, a straight sets win. A bit of a shame for for Nathan because you know he had a he had a good win yesterday, but. You know, Michael Smith just just continues to to impress people. Yeah, he does as impressive as as Nathan was yesterday. Bully Boy probably was today, and I think there was more there. Like you said, he did just take his foot off the gas at the very back end of this match, still finishing with a ninety six average, thirty nine percent on the doubles, three maximums, a one thirty checkout on the ball as well as a highlight. Superb from Michael Smith. Um, I don't think we've got his interview just yet. It's pretty late coming out after he does all the TV and everything else. So we're not going to play that one this evening. Uh, but if you do want to listen to Michael Smith's interview, that will be available on this YouTube channel very, very soon indeed. Uh, I will ask you a quick question on Michael Smith. How far do you think he can go this year? He has a very good he has a very good possibility of going all the way. I didn't predict him as my winner. Um, in the pre sort of pre tournament um, predictions, but every time I see him now that he's got his hands on a trophy, I'm just I'm so impressed by him. I I, I have a, I have a, I still believe he's got the game to continue to go all the way, and I think now that he's he's got over the line in one of the tournaments, 
we will now see a bit of a chain in the in events. And I think final potentially win potentially wins it, has the opportunity to win it now. Um, I think he'd love to get his hands on that trophy because he's come so close in the past. Um, but with the performance and the form that he's in, there's no reason why he can't go all the way. Interesting, as I've got him to reach the final. Um, right, let's then look ahead to tomorrow's action. As we said, timings are a little bit different tomorrow because of the World Cup final. So it's an earlier start from 11 a.m. Uh, and then a later start in the evening. It will be an 8 p.m. start in the second um in the evening session um we'll try and fly through these as quick as possible because we have already been chatting for just under 40 minutes so far so if we can just score fred is anything pressing you really need to say though just fire it in uh first up i think i can probably predict um oh it's their place perfect when's the final sunday yeah why are we stopping for that what a load of crap <laughs> um, the first game tomorrow, uh, Martin Lukman against Nobuhiro Yamamoto. Uh, where do you see this one going? Yeah, I think Martin Lukman wins 3 0. Um, I can't see him dropping too many legs either in that one. Um, but I think it's a pretty, pretty easy, easy win for him. Um, and he gets the job done and, and starts off the, the, the Super Saturday with a, with a pretty easy win. 3 0? 3 0. Uh, up next is Simon Whitlock against Christian Perez. Now, I don't know a great deal about Christian Perez. I believe he topped the Asian Tour Order of Merit or from the Asian Qualifier, however it was worked out. What's your score prediction of this one? Oh, this is a good one. I was looking prior to us coming on. I think this is 3-1. I think Whitlock wins, but I think Perez gets a, a set on the board. Um, I think Whitlock will will have far too much for him and, and his knowledge and, and experience of being on the stage. But I think he, he wins, but I think he drops a set and it's 3-1. Did we see these two play each other at the slam? Or have I made that up? No, that is what um, Jamie Drummer says in the chat is Perez at the slam. They were in the same group, though, weren't they? They've already played. One day we'll actually do some research for this show, but there is so much darts going on. It's just like... Have, yeah, uh, yeah. May have done, you know. I'm sure they did. I'm going to read through some chat room predictions whilst you find that piece of information out for us, because... I trust you, Charlie. Uh, Harry says Lukeman wins 3-0. Uh, HJV says 3-0 Lukeman as well. Uh, Harry Barry says Whitlock 3-0. Bob says Whitlock 3-1. HJV Whitlock 3-1. Um, Anon says yes, easy win. Yes. They did, didn't they? But, yeah, they did. Um, Whitlock won 5-3. Yeah, I'll go with 3-1 as well then. That's a, that's a nice little prediction. I just think the moments matter more in set play. And I think Whitlock's just capable of those moments a great deal more than from what we saw from Perez in the slam, who was very, very steady. But steady doesn't win set play matches. Steady wins leg play matches for me. Uh, match number three, an interesting clash of styles in this one. Um, won't be the fastest game in the world either. Adam Gaulas against Richie Burnett, one of the youngest players in the event against one of the oldest uh, how do you see this one going? Another really good one. Um, this could go either way. I think this could be going to a last 
um, in a last set decider. But I'm going to side with Richie Burnett in this one. Um, I really want to see him get over the line against Adam Gowler. So I'm going to go 3-2 um, to the Welshman. If Richie brings his A game, this could be exceptional. There have been times in the last two, three years where we've seen him average over 100 comfortably. Mm. And if he produces that for a set or so, this this could be explosive. I'm just not sure if the pace of Gaulas is going to suit him. However, I think I'm going to go with you again. I, I think I've got Burnett 3-2 here. And it would be some story as well to, to see Richie Burnett roll back those years just a little bit and, and pick up that win against Adam Gaulas, the former World Youth Championship finalist. Uh, we close the evening out uh, with the firefighter suits going up into his round two match this time against Daryl Gurney. Interesting matchup this one. Yeah, a really interesting matchup. Um, another one that could, that could go either way. Um, I think Daryl Gurney wins. I think he, he sort of relights re the the fire of his form and and you know kickstart his world championships. But I think it goes it goes again to a three two. Um, a good tight game at the at the end. I think probably a bit scrappy. Um, it, again, Suits could come out and beat him. You know, we know what he's like um, on on that stage. But I'm going to go with 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 Daryl Gurney, and I'm going to go three two. Um, but again, this one's a hard one to call. Yeah, I'm just going to fire up some more chat room predictions while we are here. Very quickly, uh, we had uh, Burnett three 0 for Harry. HV said Burnett three two decider. So did Bob. Uh, Jamie said Burnett three one, and Anon says Burnett three Galas one. Galas not playing well, and his card at slight risk as well. Yeah, he is close to that mark. Uh, a few predictions for this one as well. Uh, we've got Suit at three one for HV three one Gurney says Harry three two Suits says Jamie, so does Preston. Bob says Gurney wins a last leg decider. Marius says 3-1 Suter. Uh, Anon says coin toss heads for Suter. <laughs> Brilliant way of working out. It's no more accurate than what we do. Um, and Jack says Gurney 3-1. I see a fifth set. I'm not sure where it does go, uh, but I think I might just go Gurney. I think after four sets... He might just get himself angry enough to deliver something that he needs it. I spoke to him in an exhibition last week, and he's not that the, the the line he said is that the PDC have, have, have killed the gurney of old because he's scared of getting fined and everything else about being aggressive. But I still think in those clutch moments now, I think we might just see it creep out a little bit, especially in a tournament where the rewards of winning a match is is so great. You'd almost take the risk of being fined couple of hundred pounds by the PDC for misbehaving on stage mm -hmm. or for something that they deem excessive for moving on to the next round. Um, so I'm going to say Gurney 3-2 in this one. Um, into the afternoon session and after we saw the youngest female to play in the PDC World Championship today, uh, we go on to, I think, possibly, no, one of the oldest. I think Dita might still be a little bit older than Lisa, but Lisa Ashton in up against Ryan Meikle to open tomorrow night's session. Um, where are you going with this one, Charlie? Complete contrasting um, actions in this one. And, you know, Ryan Meikle is quite a frustrating person to watch. I think he... Do you know what? I'm going to go with Lisa Ashton. I Genuinely, I'm going to go with Lisa Ashton. She's impressed me on the online live. Um, I think she's been really good. I really do think she's been good. I'm going to go with her 
Um, I'm going to go 3-2. I think it's, a, again, a really good game. But I, I want to see Lisa Ashton get over the line in this one. She is the one that hasn't really, considering she's been that, that trailblazer up there with Fallon for so long. We, she's been to all of them. Let's not forget Fallon's missed out on the world before when Dieter Hedman finished in the top two uh, and whatever else that comes with it. We see Makuru go there as well. Ashton has pretty much been her and somebody else for such a long time. And again, She's in that position. We saw that opening set against Jan Decker a couple of years ago and everybody started to believe that possibly that was the moment. But I think Daniel has absolutely hit this one on the head. I don't think Ryan Meikle's pace is going to help tomorrow at all. And the level we've seen from Ryan Meikle over the last 18 months, he's just built on, a, on an already very solid game. And now I think his A game and potentially even his B game at that pace is too much for Lisa Ashton. So I'm going to say 3-1 to Ryan Meikle, but look, it would be fantastic if Lisa does manage to get that win up on the big stage. Um, Harry says Meikle 3-2, so does Bob. Jack says Lisa 3-2, HTV says Meikle 3-1, and On's got 3-0 Meikle. Um, Preston says I give it to Lisa 3-2, and Jamie's got Meikle 3-1. Next up is going to be one of the most entertaining games to watch, even if both players average 50. Uh, Cameron Menzies against Diego Portela could be absolutely anything. Menzies is mad as a box of frogs, constantly jumping around, can't stay still. We've seen Diego Portela hit 180s whilst dabbing on the Super Series in the past. I, I, I don't know what's coming tomorrow, but I just think given that he's been on tour for the last year or so, probably should have beaten Van Gerwen in my head just a few weeks ago. I'm giving Menzies the edge in this one, and I think he wins this one 3-1 personally. Yeah, that, that's what I would have gone with 3-1. Um, I just think that experience of, of being on tour and, and playing against these players every every week will, will stand him in better stead than than Diego Portea. But, you know, you never know what's going to come out. If, if, either, if neither player play their A game. We could be in for a, an interesting one, but you just hope that they both bring their A game. So it's a fiery game. Both players are, uh, are riling up the crowd. Um, but I think Cameron Menzies wins 3-1. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, Jack also says Cameron 3-1. Harry's got Menzies 3-0, as has Jamie, as has HJV. Preston's got 3-2 Menzies. Anon's got 3-0 Menzies and Bob's got 3-1 Menzies. Not a lot of love for Diego Portella in the chat room, you bad, bad folks. Uh, share the love around. Uh, next up, an interesting tie, this one. Uh, tonight, it was the next gen of, of Bo Greaves. Tomorrow night, it is Josh Rock, the absolute sensation, the new World Youth Champion in the PDC, taking on Jose Asticia, who is more than capable as a dark player. But I think all eyes are on Josh Rock tomorrow night in this one. Massively. Um, I think he wins 3-1. Um, may not even drop a set, to be fair. It depends, you know, what performance we we get from him. But everyone will be watching Josh Rock. That is the, you know, everyone's sort of seen him as an outsider and a dark horse to go quite well in this tournament. Um, I think he'll just have far too much for, for just this year. But, you know, it could be a could be a good game early doors. It's just whether Josh Rock can sort of get get away from from his opponent and and then just have too much and blow him away. Yeah, I think the intrigue around this one as well is potentially what awaits in the second round because Callum Ridds will play the winner of this one, and, and that the thought of the Rock versus Ridds matchup at pace when they're both going at it could be very very interesting to watch indeed. They were number one and two heading into the World Youth Championship. Um, 
we could just be we could get fireworks with that one if Josh Rock comes through this Justicia match, which I think he will. I'm going to say 3-1 as well. Look, there is a lot of pressure on Josh Rock right now, but I think he can shoulder a fair bit of it. When we get to playing the, the top eight or, or whatever later on in the tournament over a longer format, does that hold up? Potentially, potentially not. This We're going to get to the point where if Josh Rock goes deep in this tournament, he is constantly playing the longest match of his career so far over and over again. And, and that's interesting to learn about yourself at that point as well. But this early stage... I'm going to say Josh Rock wins, and I'm going to say 3-1. Dylan says Rock 3-0. Bob says 3-2 to Rock. Jack says 3-1 Rock. Preston says Rock wins 3-0, as does Harry. Uh, Jamie's got Rock 3-2, and HJV's got Rock 3-0. Anon's got Rock 3-1. Again, clean sweep in the chat, and that's back-to-back matches where we have a clean sweep. Uh, Barzi's in the back end saying, do we want a bully boy clip? Only if he says something really, really interesting because we're currently one game away from predicting tomorrow night and wrapping up the show, Phil. Slack it. Hmm. It's just smiled. So maybe that's a yes. Let's predict tomorrow night's final game, which does involve our senior player being Dimitri Vandenberg against Lawrence Illag. And after that, uh, Impressive performance from Malagan earlier on today. How do you see this one going, Charlie? Um, I think Dimitri Vandenberg uh, gets a whitewash win, I'm afraid. I, I like Lawrence Malagan, but I think he'll just have far too much quality and and, and his scoring power will be there. And, and I expect Dimitri Vandenberg to, you know, to cruise through this one um, and, you know, book his place in the next round. In the chat room, where are we going? Jack says DVB 3-1. I'm just waiting for Phil to see a message before I make my prediction. Uh, Jamie says Dimmy 3-0. HJV says Dimmy 3-0 as well. I am allowed to say. Brilliant. Uh, I'm going to back Dimmy as well on the basis that we've been told he's playing with his old darts tomorrow night. He hasn't settled of his new ones. He's gone back to his old ones. This tournament's far too important. And now, Similar to what we saw from Michael Van Gerwen when he first moved, manufacturer, um, went back to his old darts for a while until he settled with some that were better for him, new. Um, and, and that's the information we've been given. So, yeah, with those old darts, I think we see a response to the performance from Dimitri. I'm going to give a lag and a set. I'm going to say 3-1. I still think because he's been playing with different equipment for so long that we might see moments where Dimitri just struggles a little bit. Um but I am going to say 3-1 to Dimitri Vandenberg. Chatroom says DVB 3-1 for Jack. 3-0 for Dimmy, says Jamie and HJV. As does Harry. 3-1 for Preston. 3-1 for Daniel. 3-2, says Anon. Uh, and 3-1, says Anon. He's changed his mind now that I've just given him that piece of pitch. He's not dumped them. He just doesn't... He's, he's not got on with the new style, so they're going to design him something else, basically. Right then, let's hear... From Bully Boy, as I've just been told, he says some interesting things about potentially being more number one before we close up this night's show. I've always believed I'll win titles, always. I've never once doubted myself. And I think you've seen maybe when the Premier League and the Worlds, my first one, I was happy to be there. And then I lost another final, another, and it started to really hurt. I never once give up. I never lost a faith, made another. And I, well, I've done four this year. <laughs> alone and yeah finally got one and hopefully it does hopefully it does open that door now and i can go on to better things um i've always believed since day one even when i wasn't the best player there ever in the pdc i wasn't wasn't even good i knew i could be there and i've got the drive and the determination to do it 
But yeah, I think when I lost to Michael four years ago, if I won that game, I would have been world number one then. And last year when I lost to Peter, if I would have won, I would have been number one as well. So I think the World Championship is massive because if you do win it, and then I can sit back and then think, no, I'm world champion, world number one, I've completed it. <laughs> PDC, I've completed it. And it, it, it's one of them, it, it's something I've strived for, it's something I've, I've dreamed about, and one day I will get it and I won't stop until I do. Some turnaround that for Michael Smith, given his position earlier in the year where he was losing more finals, people are going, will he, won't he ever get over the line? I feel like his next walk on him needs to walk out with a John Cena never give up towel. <laughs> I think that's where we are now with Michael Smith in terms of just keep coming back, keep getting kicked in the head, basically. I go, do you know what? That was fun. I'm going to do it all over again and see if I can get a different outcome. Uh, but that was Michael Smith's thoughts on potentially being World number one. If you want to listen to that interview in full, you can find that on our YouTube channel right now. Uh, that is time to end tonight's show. Quick reminder that we'll be on later tomorrow because the evening session starts later tomorrow due to the World Cup third place playoff. Uh, so we'll be on about midnight to start, probably. I'm not even sure who else is on with me tomorrow, but we will find somebody uh, to join me on the fallout bar tomorrow night. Good job it's a weekend, isn't it? Nobody's got to get up for work the following day. A quick reminder, if you haven't done so already, to drop this stream a like for us and make sure you are subscribed to the channel so you don't miss out on any of our content throughout the week. The Moda Super Series is currently live on Sporty Stuff TV and on the Moda Super Series YouTube channel. So if you do want more of a darts fix, head over there and watch the end of Group B this evening before finals night tomorrow. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow evening for the fallout bar day number three. A big thank you to everybody for watching, for everybody in the chat room for getting involved, and to Betfred, our title sponsors, throughout all of our coverage of the PDC World Championship here in 2023. And to Charlie for joining me this evening. Superb. Thank you very much, mate. We'll see you all very, very soon. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.